Welcome to the RSCC podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My name's Adam and I'm on staff here at RSCC. Here at RSCC, we believe that you matter and that God loves you so much. If you want to know more about RSCC or to keep up with what's going on, follow us on social media at RSCC Family or visit our website at rsccfamily.org. We would love to connect with you. I hope you enjoy the message today. Glad to have another opportunity to share with you this morning. Um, and again, as Adam said, hope you all had a, had a great Thanksgiving. We've had some great family time. Today, I want us to talk about the church. What is the church? What, what is your view of the church? Um, you know, there are several analogies. Um, I see one here. Uh, Maybe some of you think of the church as a gas station uh, where you come and fill up your spiritual tank when it's running low, or maybe if uh, I were more politically correct, environmentally correct, you know, a charging station where we come get our batteries recharged. Now, this is cer- certainly something that should happen uh, in church and our worship together, our prayer time, our study of the word should recharge us and should give us some new energy to live through the week. But you know, if that's the only time you're getting spiritually fed, you're running on pretty, pretty low energy through the week that it has to be more than that. Maybe you think of the church as a place for entertainment. You know, um, whether a movie theater or something else, you know, where we're, we come and entertain. Uh, and certainly, church uh, shouldn't be boring, you know, and our worship team does a great job in, in leading us, and it is, it is good. You know, church shouldn't be a drag, um, but the church is more than entertainment. It's not really entertainment at all as the point of the church. Some might see the church as uh, maybe like a drugstore. A pharmacy where you can come and get your prescription filled for what you need. Whatever that hurt is, whatever that pain point in your life is, whatever the struggle, that you're going to come and and you're going to get something that's going to help you through that. And again, that's something the church ought to be uh, doing, that as we come here through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Word, Church should be relevant. It should touch our lives. It should hit those pain points. You know, God isn't a vending machine where we put in our money or come, you know, our attendance and that we just, you know, push the right button and get the selection of whatever it is that we want or need in life. Others might see the church as a mall. You know, they're, they're a dying thing, but, you know, you'd go to one place and you had all kinds of stores. You could get whatever you needed right in one place. And again, the church ought to be meeting needs of a variety of ages and interests and, and needs within the congregation. But, you know, each of these isn't how Scripture describes the church. They're not the main focus of what the church is. As these approaches, these thoughts about church make it about us. What can I get out of church? What can church do to serve me and take care of me? But in scripture, 
The church is described as the body of Christ. And when we look at a body, the focus is not on what it can do for us, but what we can do for the body. Ephesians 1, Paul says, God placed all things under his, talking about Jesus, under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. In Romans 12, Paul says that for just, of each, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace God has given us. And in the following verses there, to paraphrase and, and some that, Paul basically says, whatever your gift is, whatever your part in the body, do it. Use your gift. Function as a part of the body. You know, and right now, as a church, we're in a transition time as we search for a new preaching minister, lead minister, senior minister, whatever title we want to give them. But while we're in this transition, and even after the transition, what I want us to look at today is what is your part in the body here at Rising Sun? You know, what can you do to make the body function properly? You know, what can you do to make our body here healthier, more effective in the work of reaching the lost, or better at building each other up and helping us grow in maturity? Because just because we're without a preacher right now doesn't mean that we quit doing our part. We are members of the body and we each have a function to fulfill. You know, and when you talk about physical body types, you know, they're different, uh, different shapes, uh, different sizes. You know, there's athletic, they say there's an apple type, a pear, hourglass, Mine's just round, you know, round is a shape. <clears throat> you know, some of you are tall and skinny, others of us uh, not so much, and many of us in between. And while there's different physical body types, and we have different roles uh, in the church to fulfill, I think there is one body type that we should each have. And I want to encourage you today to be fat. Not, not physically. And after, after Thursday and the leftovers and all that, hey, <laughs> we're getting there, right? Not talking about your physical body type. Spiritually. What is your spiritual body type? And I want to share with you today that I think it should be fat. It should be faithful, available, and teachable. That is, no matter what your gift is, no matter what role you play in the part of the body here, those are three characteristics each of us should have now and continuing uh, in the future. You know, first is uh, faithful. You know, the Corinthian church, and Paul wrote to uh, a couple times, in 1 Corinthians, Paul's writing to them because they're divided about who their leader is, about who the head, who they're going to follow. Some said they were going to follow Paul. Others said, no, Apollos is our leader. Some said Peter. Some said Christ. 
And Paul reminds them, and he's telling us as well, that Jesus is the head of the church. And it's to him that we are to be faithful. In Colossians, Paul says, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. And in, Paul goes on in Corinthians, he's there defending his ministry because they're, they're divided about who they're going to follow, who's supposed to be their leader. <clears throat> and people were judging Paul uh, and his ministry to them. Now, Paul didn't have the typical preacher, minister role that we have today. I mean, he traveled, he helped and planted, you know, many churches uh, throughout the known world at that time. But they're, they're judging him and, you know, wondering, are you really doing what you ought to be doing, Paul? And Paul tells them in 1 Corinthians 4 that his, his responsibility is to not live up to their expectations, but to be faithful. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul says, this then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries of God, with the mysteries God has revealed. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. He says, I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. So Paul's telling them that God is going to judge his ministry. And that yardstick, though, is going to be Paul's faithfulness to what God called him to do. That's the measuring stick for us as well. You know, Paul's not the only one who was called to ministry. You know, whoever our next preaching minister is, or, you know, Adam, or children's minister, or whatever minister we hire, they're not the only ones called to ministry. Each of us, as part of the body of Christ, are called to a ministry, to a function of fulfilling our role in the body. Now, we're saved by works, or excuse me, we're saved by grace, not works. And yet God is going to judge our faithfulness to using the gifts he has entrusted to us. In Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10, Paul says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Paul's not talking about just the apostles or other leaders in the New Testament there. He's talking about you. You are God's handiwork. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared for you to do. Are you faithful in doing what God has gifted you to do? You know, the preacher is just another part of the body. It's an important part, but he's not the head. He's just another functioning part of the body. Each of us has a responsibility to be faithful to the tasks that God has called us to do. You know, it's, it's not uncommon that when churches um, lose a, a minister, that there to be some decline in attendance, you know, after the minister leaves. leaves. And, you know, there's a variety of reasons for this. 
But scripture points us to Jesus as the head of the church. He is the one we're to be faithful to. And I think we've, that we've not taken much of a hit in a transition here, and that's, and that's good, and that's um, nothing against uh, Nathan or whoever the past ministers have been. I know that if, you know, I've been through a few ministry changes here, and I've seen greater changes in the loss of a preacher, and you remember some of those days too, some of you. And you may think, well, hey, you're preaching to the choir here. We're here. We're being faithful, we're, we're continuing on, and I commend you for that. You are displaying your faithfulness to Jesus as the head of the church in that. But a word of caution. The day when your faithfulness may be put to the test might be coming down the road when that new minister is hired. Then, maybe, you might be tempted to say, well, well, it's not who I would have chose, or I don't think, you know, man, what were they thinking, you know? He doesn't fit what I think or what I wanted. You know, uh, you know, choosing a new minister is not an easy task, and it's not being taken lightly by the leadership here. And the elders have chosen a diverse group of people from the congregation to help them in making that choice. I know the group is looking at many different aspects of the candidates, um, you know, we've been blessed, I think, in the past to have had uh, good preachers. They've been good communicators from the pulpit, and they've encouraged us and fed us. But that's one aspect. You know, we also want someone who can lead the whole church, you know. And maybe the new hire won't be in the age bracket that you think uh, he should be or that you think is going to meet your needs. You know, but there's not a perfect person out there that's going to relate to absolutely every age group, every interest within the congregation equally. And that's why we have multiple staff members. And that's why scripture says that each of us have a function in the body. We each have a part and a role to fulfill. So whatever the future holds for us and whoever that next minister is going to be, our charge from Scripture is to be faithful to Christ as the head of the church. So remember, you know, the church isn't something out there that ministers to you. The church is something you are and that you minister through. You have a role to play. And that brings us to the second part of our spiritual physique, that we need to be available. You know, ministry cannot be done alone. It takes all of the body working together. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews, Gentiles, slave, or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, 
it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Each of us have a role to play. And availability means using the gifts, the talents that God has given you to accomplish the role that God has entrusted you to fulfill in this body. You know, and this, this goes beyond just volunteering more or, or serving more or giving more or it, it's deeper than that. Availability can include all of those things, but it begins with an attitude. It begins with an approach to how we serve. You know, there's a couple examples from the Old Testament of the type of response we need to have toward the head of the church, Christ. One is Samuel, who as a young boy was dedicated to service in the temple. And he's serving Eli, who is the high priest at that time. And Samuel is woken up in the middle of the night by a voice saying, Samuel. Well, he naturally thinks that's Eli calling him, needing something in the middle of the night. And he goes to Eli and says, yes, I'm here. What do you need? Eli says, I didn't call you. Go, go back, lay down. And that happens three times. Eli says, quit, leave me alone, let me sleep. And finally, Eli catches on though and says, Samuel, it's not me that's calling you, it's God. And the next time you hear your voice, say, your servant is listening. Speak to me. And that is what happens with Samuel. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Isaiah has a vision of God's throne. And around that throne, you know, he records many different things in chapter 6. But while he's there, he hears a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah says, here I am, send me. Being available starts with those two types of attitudes. I'm listening, Lord. What is it you want me to do? Here I am. I'm available to serve you. You know, we need people who are available now. You know, we have a lot of talented people in this congregation, and many of them are working very hard during this time, and they're going to be commended for that. You know, our worship team continues to do a great job and to be faithful in leading and worshiping and leading us in worship. And there are many others from uh, the different Bible school teachers, those who serve as greeters, you know, getting the coffee ready and setting the pastries out, or, or maybe you're a prayer warrior here. You know, that's a very vital, important role. Thank you if you are serving in any of those roles. But being available, again, goes deeper. And it doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be something up front. It doesn't have to be seen or even require any particular special talent to be available. 
You know, a person was available in my life one time here in this congregation that did a very, very simple act that has a lot of meaning for me. And it happened while Alicia was sick, and it was uh, one of those difficult times. Alicia was in the hospital, and you know, every time she went in, we didn't know how she was coming out. And during that time, many of you did a lot of wonderful things for us. You know, the food and the prayers and the visits and, and contributions in many different ways. But there was one simple act on a Sunday morning that has stuck with me as much as anything else. That day, Alicia again was in the hospital and Debbie was there with her. I came to first service and was sitting in a pew by myself. And again, it was just a difficult day. And after the first song in the worship service, a young lady in the congregation, she was probably still in high school at the time, just got up from her seat and came and sat with me. Squeezed my hand and gave me a smile and just sat there. You know, I was feeling pretty alone that day. But she changed that. She was available. She saw a need. She saw someone who was hurting. And she did something that any of us could do. She just sat with me. And that is one of the most meaningful things of ministry that's ever happened to me. We can be available. You, know, you can't make excuses. Oh, well, I don't have this gift. I don't have that gift. Availability means seeing a need and having the courage to get up out of your seat and do something about it. You know, Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples during the last meal and when he instituted the Lord's Supper. Every one of those disciples walked past a pitcher of water, a basin, and a towel. And I think every one of them walked past those items and looked at the other and said, well, who's going to wash my feet? And we know from the story that Jesus wound up washing their feet. But every one of them saw that and wondered, who's going to do that service for me? That's not being available. Available is seeing those items and seeing I can do something about this. You know, we get that tug in our heart, that little voice in the back of our head that says somebody ought to do something about this. And when you get that, I think that's the spirit saying, you ought to do something about this. We need to be available. The last part of our spiritual physique is being teachable. Psalm 119, uh, verse 34 I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. It's there on the screen. It says, give me understanding, a teachable heart, and the ability to learn that I may keep your law and observe it with all my heart. Now, the next part of that spiritual fitness is being teachable. And a key component of being teachable is humility. Humility. You know, a teachable person knows there are still things to learn, that we haven't made it. And I think one of the biggest things to keep that humility in the church is remembering God's grace in our life. You know, when we forget the grace of God, we cease being teachable. 
you know, we begin to think, hey, I've, I've got a handle on this. And look where I have gotten myself. We begin to think we've done it by our own efforts. And the Corinthian church had that kind of a problem. They had a pride issue. They thought they had it all together. They thought they had reached the peak of spiritual maturity. Um, They were proud of where they were at in what they thought was their spiritual development, their spiritual maturity. But Paul says to him in the first, again, first Corinthians, uh, the third chapter, I don't think we have this on the screen, but Paul says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. They were thinking they had it all together, but Paul had a different opinion of them. And in chapter four, he even gets a little sarcastic with them, uh, telling them, you know, you think you're rich, you think you're smart, you think you're powerful and that you are honored and, you know, that people should look up to you for being in this position. Paul says, as an apostle, I'm weak, I'm dishonored, I'm abused, I'm cursed at. That's where I'm at. Where do you think you are, Paul is telling him. They were no longer teachable because they thought they knew it all. You know, what's more annoying than a know-it-all? You know, you've seen the meme probably or the poster, you know, those of you who think you know it all are annoying us who do know it all, right? And that's kind of where the, you know, the Corinthians thought, hey, we're here for. You know, and I think we need to be careful not to develop that type of an attitude that the Corinthians had. You know, we have a lot of things going for us as a church. We, we've had a history of, of stability and growth. We've got some wonderful facilities. I think we've done some meaningful things in the community. And, and we really, we work to build each other up. But we need to be careful. Because we're not perfect. You know, if we're going to be teachable, we need to ask ourselves some hard questions, I think. Are we really as friendly as we think we are? Are we really as welcoming to outsiders as we should be? You know, we say, you matter, is kind of one of our catchphrases, but do we really communicate that to the community, that everyone matters? You know, are we satisfied with our ministry to this community? You know, Again, are we as good at helping each other in the body of Christ as we think we are? Certainly, we, again, we've done some good things to encourage our membership here and uh, uh, help support one another, but we need to keep an eye out for those who fall through the cracks because sometimes we miss opportunities. Again, we're not perfect. You know, what about people in this community who aren't members of this body? Do we really have the impact? Are we really reaching out to them in the ways that we could and should? You know, we want to hire someone here 
who fits us, you know, who, who gets who we are as a church, who understands us, and, you know, someone who can understand the community of Rising Sun and fits in. We, we want someone like that. But we also need someone who will challenge us. We need a leader who's going to give us that swift kick in the spiritual rear end and get us knocked off center and get us growing and get us leading us into the future. Someone who's going to push us out of our comfort zone. Someone who's going to push us to grow and change. You know, that type of growth, that type of change is uncomfortable. You know, we like being comfortable. But we need to be teachable, you know. And this is when our faithfulness to Christ as the head of the church, again, may be challenged. Ministry's hard. And it's made more difficult sometimes when there's pressure from people within the congregation. Well, if you don't do what I want, I'll just take my marbles and go down the street. You know, there's plenty of other churches around. You know, and I'm not talking about blind obedience, you know, to a preacher, to the leadership of the congregation. But we do need to have a certain level of commitment to this body of Christ and be willing to be pushed to grow and to change and to learn and do things new and differently. You know, we display a tremendous amount of loyalty to our favorite sports team. You know, whoever that is, Reds, Bengals, Colts, whoever. We can put up with a lot of lousy play on the field, some poor coaching decisions, bad management, years of losing seasons. That's still our team. We need to remain faithful to Christ as the head of the church that includes a commitment to this congregation, to this body, even when everything isn't just to our liking. We need to be willing to learn and grow and change, to be open to new ideas for ministry. You know, Scripture dictates our message, and that doesn't change. You know, the gospel doesn't change. Paul said he was entrusted with the mysteries of God that have been revealed. He's talking about the gospel and salvation through Christ. But scripture doesn't give us much direction on how we're to reach our culture. And our world, our culture has changed a lot in the last couple years through the pandemic. As we move past that, and now into various shortages, high prices, the threat of, of war uh, spreading in our world. Our world has changed. Our ministry may need to change as well. What was relevant a couple years ago may not work today. More than ever, our world needs the hope found in Christ. And if we're going to be a church that makes a difference, we need to each be faithful, available, and we need to be teachable. You know, and I'm not saying that our heart as a church here isn't in the right place. 
and that these are things we want to do. But we need to keep an open mind, humility to be teachable as we are led in the future. You know, and I've been saying our and we a lot, and it is a group effort. It is an effort of the body. But it also comes down to me and to you. What am I doing in the body of Christ? How am I functioning? What are you doing with the talents, the gifts that God has given you? Are you faithfully using them? Are you available for ministry? You know, what if everyone in this congregation read the Bible as much as you read the Bible? What if everyone prayed as much as you pray? I know there are some of you out there that you're the example that we ought to be following. But I know there's many of us that need to change and grow in that area. You know, what if everyone used their gift and talent to the same level that you use yours? Where would this church be? You know, they say that, and it's true of any organization, a church or otherwise, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. We need to increase that 20%. You know, even though we're in a transition time, this is not a time for us to pump the brakes on our ministry or even to put it in neutral and cruise. It's a time for each of us to be faithful and available in fulfilling our part of the body. To remain humble and teachable to do everything in our power to be Christ's ambassadors to this community. Are you faithful? Are you available? Are you teachable? We need that now and we will need that to continue in the future for the life of this congregation until Christ returns. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, it is a privilege to be called your children and to be part of your family, to be part of your body. And I thank you that you have called us together here as your body in, in this location. Father, we love you and praise you for all that you are, all that you've done for us. And may we remain faithful in our devotion to you, to your word, and your plans for our future. We come now submitting ourselves to the headship of Christ. May we continue to follow him faithfully. We praise you for being the author of all truth. We thank you for your word. Help us humbly pursue the wisdom found there and that we would learn for your glory and to better serve others. Lead us by your spirit, Father, to pursue growth and avoid things that hinder it. We pray for our future preaching ministry, minister and his family. Keep them safe from the temptation Satan will put in their path. Strengthen them and help them avoid those pitfalls 
that they may come here to be effective and fruitful. And Father, we pray this for our current staff as well. For Adam, keep him strong and faithful in his task here. We pray for our elders and deacons, for our teachers, for all those who serve in any way. May you use them to build your kingdom here. Father, we help us to love and support each other in the way that we should. And may the love and bond that we have here as your body be an example of your love to the world. Guide us to do a work in this community that will enlarge your kingdom and bring glory and honor to you. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Today, if you're part of the body, it's time to evaluate your spiritual body type. Are you using the gifts that God has given you? If you are, thank you. Keep it up. If not, it's a time for you to evaluate how am I going to be faithful, available, and teachable. Today, and the, uh, Adam will be at the back. There will be others at the back that if you want to talk about ways to get involved, we'd love to have that conversation with you. And if you're outside of Christ, this is an opportunity to join the body of Christ, to become a member of Christ's body, to receive the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace that comes through, only through Christ. If you need to make a decision, would you do it today? Thanks for joining in with us today. We hope that you were blessed by this message and that you were drawn deeper in faith with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to continue the conversation, please feel free to email us at info at rsccfamily.org. Thanks for the listen and have a great day.